would like to welcome you all with your good morning especially all the children here and they have an interest in Buddhism you could say this is a special day in that it's um, a rest day Sunday is a rest day we don't go to work or school today and it gives uh, all of us particularly the school children a chance to come and hear some of the Buddhist teaching it's a time an occasion when we can think of the Buddha and the story his personal history or the story of his life there was one occasion when he was just seven years old when he was still a, a young prince in the, living in the royal palace and there was an occasion when they had what they call the royal ploughing ceremony at the beginning of the growing season he went off with his father out into the fields where they performed this ceremony at the beginning of the growing season but during the ceremony the little uh, Buddha-to-be what they call the Bodhisattva he was just seven years old so he, he didn't really want to take part in the ceremony he went off and sat under a tree and started quite naturally just sat down quietly started to meditate and his mind became very very peaceful and later on when he had his own family um, the Bodhisattva Prince Siddhartha he had a son a little son called Rahula and once the Buddha had started the religion which we call Buddhism and had started ordaining monks and novices <coughs> his son at just the age of seven years old later on became a little novice in the Buddhist religion and his son Rahula practicing very diligently and with a lot of special qualities at just the age of seven managed to become fully enlightened and another person in the uh, uh, the life of the Buddha, Wisaka, um, one of the foremost lay lay women who was a disciple of one of the foremost disciples, lay disciples of the Buddha. She, at the age of just seven years old, practicing the Dharma, practicing meditation, managed to become what they call a stream enterer or sotapanna. The reason that they were be, uh, able to become so wise and enlightened at such a young age is because in the past they had done a lot of good they'd done a lot of good things practiced meditation very diligently and so in that way we we are similar to them all of you children sitting here today coming to hear the Dharma doing good today you're similar to the, those people in the time of the Buddha so I encourage all of you children to be very diligent uh, and put a lot of effort into all your studies at school and all uh, to do a lot of good to be very diligent in studying the Dharma as well the way we do good uh, we can do good with our bodies and we can do good with our speech and we can do good with our minds as well to practice good in the beginning we start by trying to live um, in a harmless way what we call keeping sila or keeping precepts means to live harmlessly and to be kind to all other people all the other people we know to try and be kind and friendly to other people and to even to animals as well not to harm any animals try not to harm other people and try not to do anything that harms yourself as well try to 
not be selfish in your daily life. And the Buddha had a little teaching, which in Pali, the language of the Buddha, they say, Atani, Atahi, Atano Nato, which means one must be a refuge to oneself. And that means one should learn to depend on oneself or take responsibility for oneself. Any kind of good act you do, this is what they call good karma. And this will bring, bring good fruits, good results. It will make you happy, it will bring happiness to you in the future. But at the same time, if you do what you could say, if you do bad things or evil things in the future, this will bring harm to you and unpleasant results. This is the very beginning of all Buddhist practices, to understand that doing good leads to good and doing bad leads to bad. If, if you have any questions now about Buddhism, you'll be happy to answer. Do you have anything you want to ask? Anyway? Not there. Do you understand what he was saying just now? Do you, do you understand? <laughs> he asked, how, how do you understand? If somebody says, do good, what do you understand by doing good? What do you understand good to be? How can you be good? Have you got any? Can you think of an example of being good or doing good? Make heart up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, not to um hurt people. My time has come that's right. Very good. Anyone else can think of what doing good means? You thinking of an example of doing good? Okay. Yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> Think of an example. Wait, 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 Think of something good? Doing May go home. Very good. Those of you in the second row. <laughs> Be kind. One lead or In in Buddhism we call this metta. Metta means like loving kindness, being kind to others. Be kind to others. Metta sat doing. 
destroys brain cells, destroys your intelligence, that becomes harder to learn. If you, if you drink or take drugs, it's as if you, you don't really love yourself, because what you're doing is destroying your own good qualities, you're destroying your own intelligence, so it's as if you don't really love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you don't look after yourself, take responsibility for yourself, then very soon you'll probably start to get ill in some way. And then you have to go and see a doctor. And so you have to start depending on doctors and other people to help you. The Buddha, when he was a child, he was just like that. He had to start thinking about what, what is good and what is bad in life, and then trying to do a lot of good in his life. Just the same with that. But the Buddha himself, he can't actually do good for us. What we have to do is listen to these teachings, think about them, take them away, and then try to follow them in your daily life. Think about what is good and then try to do good in your daily life. So try and remember, say, what we talked about today, these different examples of doing good, try and remember them, and then make that memory very firm in your mind. So, in the future, you always remember what is good, what is bad, and then try and follow that in your life. And he wishes you all every success in your life. He hopes you all have very peaceful and happy lives, and that your minds are very um, clear and bright. What what grade are you in at school? What year? How old are you? Grade two. What 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 age are you? How old? How old? Eight. 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 Okay, can perhaps give a, some more teaching for the general, for everyone else. Uh, to get to, today we've come together to practice the Dharma, to do good, uh, to make some good karma. The Buddha taught that all goodness must begin from the heart. The heart is the most important uh, part of the practice and any real goodness is completed through the heart or becomes successful through the heart. In Pali it's Mano Pupankaman, Mano Seta, Mano Maya. The mind is the forerunner of all dhammas. It's the... Uh, translation? All things are completed through the mind or the heart. Because the mind is the most important part of the practice, any good we do, the good results will be experienced in the mind, in the heart, 
any bad we do will be experienced in the mind, in the heart. All the, all the karma we make <coughs> with our body, speech and mind, the results of that are all stored in, in our minds. The various acts of karma we do, uh, it's the mind which sorts out what uh, that which is coarse and that which is refined. It's the mind that will determine that which is uh, low and that which is high. So all of us, as we're born into the world, we're coming, we're coming from different karmic uh, accumulations. We're all different. We have different backgrounds, different karma. Some people's mindfulness and wisdom is very high and refined. Some people's is more modest, more ordinary. Some people's perhaps very low, not very well developed. Some people are born into a wealthy family. Some people are born into a very poor family. It's karma, karmic accumulations which determines where each train of consciousness is reborn, whether it takes a human rebirth or a lower a rebirth in the lower realm, say in an animal realm. It's the same as in a plant seed. <coughs> Just in one little seed, the the plant that will grow from that, how big it will be, it's how it will grow, it's the size of its trunk, its branches, its leaves all those different uh, variations, they're all stored within just one seed, one little seed. So whatever karma we make, whether it's good or bad, it's stored up in each of our minds and our hearts. So if you reflect on this law of cause and effect, the law of karma, then uh, you should try to do good karma. And when you think of all the different kinds of good karma, the Buddha said perhaps the most important kind of good karma is to uh, develop faith and confidence in the, the teachings, religious teachings of the Buddha. This is the very beginnings of practice. If you have sattā, if you have some faith and confidence in the teachings, then that gives you the inspiration to practice, to study and practice the Dharma and that will in time bring forth the fruit you'll get gain insight and wisdom when you start to say love good karma <coughs> or have a wholesome attachment to good karma, making good karma then that will bring forth good results even listening to a Dharma talk like this one can make into a practice of samadhi to calm the mind. Ever since the time of the Buddha, um, Buddhist lay followers have gone to uh, listen to talks and sometimes in the time of the Buddha, listening to talks very intently with samadhi, with a calm mind, they might actually gain deep insight and realize, realize the Dhamma during the middle of the talk. Similar to a, a swamp, a swamp has a lot of algae or uh, weeds on the top of it, covering over the swamp, the water of the swamp. If you throw a, a rock into the, the water, all the weeds and the algae will part, 
and you'll see that the water will clear for a while. This is what will bring uh, Buddha or the knowing to uh, arise in your mind. This will be what brings light, uh, or this is, this is what will illuminate your mind. However uh, bright the lights are in the world, whatever kind of worldly bright light you can make, it can't really illuminate the mind. But the teachings of the Buddha are what can really illuminate your mind. When you're practicing and doing good on a regular basis or consistently in your life, your mind uh, are wholesome and well-intentioned. This is what will lead your mind to develop. And this is what uh, forms the pathway which leads to a peaceful mind. And it's the way which leads to complete uh, liberation or getting completely beyond all forms of karma. And ultimately to go completely beyond all forms of good and evil, to go beyond happiness and suffering. As long as one is making unwholesome karma, then one has to reap the results of that, and that this is what brings suffering to us. So, use your mindfulness and wisdom, use your intelligence to reflect on this law of karma, the law of cause and effect. And even young children like the ones who are here today, they can see that something like smoking or drinking can be harmful to us. Even something like that, just uh, the Dhamma that a small child can understand, if one really contemplates it deeply, it can be a source of wisdom and insight to us or any number of uh, different experiences we have in daily life. The things we see and hear, for instance, can bring wisdom to us. You must bring them into your mind, your heart and mind, and contemplate them. And this, will, this is what will give rise to insight. This is what will help the mind to develop, or this is what will cultivate the mind. Because the Dhamma is something that's complete within itself, and this law of karma is something that exists. Uh, so whether anybody else sees us doing uh, something bad, say, whether anyone else is aware of it or not, it's always it's still bad. It's still something that's going to be stored up in our minds and will bring results to us at some point. And uh, any form of bad karma will have to bring at some point in the future some kind of painful, unpleasant results. And if you practice meditation, you'll see this <coughs> process of cause and effect very, very quickly. Uh, any bad or unwholesome actions you've done will start to come up and bother the mind and it can make it difficult for you to become peaceful in meditation. Because <coughs> if that's happening, that's a sign that the uh, your foundation in good karma or goodness is not yet sufficient, it's not yet uh, strong enough. But for most of us, all the karma we've made in the past is probably a mixture of both good and bad. 
the important thing is to establish the intention in the mind, in the present and for the future to try and just do good karma, make good karma if you are establish the intention to do good in the present and you're not worrying or caught into worries about the past you're not caught into worries about the future then that's the way you can make your mind peaceful in the present the law of karma you can compare with uh, a horse-drawn vehicle or an ox cart once the uh, the horses are running or the ox is moving then the, the wheels of the cart will follow the, the hoof, hoof prints of the, the horses or the ox if defilements arise in the mind these are what lead us to make karma and <coughs> having made karma then we have to re- reap the fruits of that karma we have to experience the results of it a simple example is this if you have the the thought or the desire come up that you want to drink an alcoholic drink and if mindfulness is weak then you follow that desire and then you go and drink and that uh, will it, again it will bring results it will affect your mindfulness weaken your mindfulness further it's like the wheel of the ox cart or the horse drawn cart kilesas or defilements give rise to the making of karma the making of karma brings results and these results will feed further the arising of kilesas but whenever you establish the make a determination in your mind or establish the intention in the mind not to make further bad karma for instance then that stops the process at least temporarily and this is what will uh, bring peace to the mind and insight and wisdom so when we're practicing dhāna and sīla and pāvanā generosity, morality and meditation this is good uh, karma and it's leading us in the right direction once we're practicing doing good then we're practicing that means we're practicing dhāna, sīla and pāvanā if you're doing good, you're practicing dana, sila, bhavana, then this will bring good results. It will bring um, the good, those good results. It should bring you um, good health, or a rebirth in a good body, a strong, have good health, strong body. It will bring good results in the sense one will have um, enough to eat, one will have enough of the necessities of life and it will bring good results in the form of one's uh, mind, one's, in, one's intelligence and wisdom will be developing, improving it's like that seed, the plant seed if the plant seed is strong and healthy then once you put it in the soil and it's fertilized and watered then it will grow into a strong uh, plant with a strong stem, with strong branches, strong leaves good leaves, good healthy plant and similarly, uh, if you're making bad karma, it's like the seed is a, a bad seed or an unhealthy seed. You put it in the ground and the plant that grows from it will be unhealthy, not very strong, and it will um, 
maybe not give rise to any kind of fruit at all, or the fruit that come from it won't, won't be very good, won't be very uh, healthy. The Buddha said that we've been uh, in this cycle of birth and death, this cycle of existence, uh, for very, very long time, being born and being di- born and dying many, many times. So we probably made an awful lot of karma in the past, both good and bad. In some lifetimes we might have been very stingy, not um, very helpful, kind to others, and that will have given rise to a future rebirth in a, a very poor situation, a poor family, poor situation. Other lifetimes we might have been very generous and helpful, and that will have given rise in a future lifetime to birth, rebirth in a, a wealthy family or a good uh, situation or where one has a lot of uh, money and material objects, material wealth. But even so, these are still uh, material wealth is something external, something on the outside. Even if you have an awful lot of material wealth, if you still have wrong views or wrong understanding in your mind, then you can still have an awful lot of suffering in life. Because material objects, external material objects, aren't what can bring true peace or true satisfaction to the mind. The Buddha, like the Buddha teaching in Nati Dhanha Samanati, there's no uh, river as long as uh, the river of craving. If you have right view, it means that you see what suffering is, you see what the cause of suffering is, you see the end of suffering, and you see the way, the, the way of practice that leads to the end of suffering. Even if you had a, a pile of gold the size of this, this entire world, it's not actually possible that that pile of gold is not what will make the mind peaceful. And actually to have a lot of material wealth, if you have wrong view, then that material wealth can actually become a source of suffering in itself because you become very jealous of it, uh, guard it jealously and uh, very possessive of it. But if you practice giving up and letting go, practice generosity, sila, meditation, letting go of the sense of self. This is what will bring true peace and uh, will truly uh, illuminate the mind, make the the mind bright and shining. So I encourage all of you to uh, do good karma, to think about this and do good karma and try to refrain from doing bad karma. And this is what will help your mind to develop and will lead you in the direction that will lead to peace of mind. It's even possible if you're <coughs> practicing and you're contemplating the bad karma, the bad things you said and have thought in the past, and you see the harm that that caused you, and then in the present you uh, make the intention to refrain from doing such karma again, and one has very strong insight and one lets go of the sense of self in the present that can even lead to um, what they call the, the making of a karma is like uh, 
say you recognize in your mind that you've harmed other people, harmed yourself, harmed other people in the past in some way through body, speech or mind. One recognizes that, sees very clearly and then one establishes the intention very firmly, very clearly in the mind that one won't uh, do that again and that any uh, harm that other people have done to one as well through body, speech of mind, one doesn't seek revenge for that act that somebody has harmed oneself in the past. This can, uh, this is what we call making a hosi kama. It's like uh, putting an end to karmic tendencies, the cycle of karma where one has been harmed by others and one wants to harm that person, or one has harmed others and then that person seeks some kind of revenge or karmic retribution with that, with that. It puts an end to that cycle if one sees it very clearly. So the practice of sila, uh, dana, sila, meditation <coughs> is actually something that you could say miraculous. This, the teachings, this path that the Buddha gave to us is something that's miraculous because it is what affects karma and it can, uh, it's the most powerful, the most uh, the highest form of karma, good karma. And if you keep developing the path, practicing dana sila bhavana, then you actually come to meet the Buddha within your own heart. That's probably enough for today, this morning. <laughs>